Hello, and this is Tandem Coaching Academy Skipping Agile Non-Denominational Podcast. And I, Alex Kudnov, and Cherie Silas, I, your co-host today. And today we have Allison Pollard, and she's an Agile coach. Yes, I'm so excited to have Allison with us. So um, just a little bit of history. Alice and I, Allison and I go pretty far back. In fact, mm-hmm. we started speaking together. Um, we were the first partnership. We said, we're going to run out and conquer the world. And um, Allison was a, a mentor to me as I was coming up as an agile coach. She knew way more than I did back then. <laughs> and, um, and, and now now I, she just knows still more than me. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> we're, we're, we're such a good like partner, like duo. Cause you know, you were, you were more experienced in public speaking outside of agile and I knew the agile stuff inside out. And so like us partnering up to co-present for the first time, like we, we had it, like we talked about what's the thing we're both doing. What is it we're seeing? We like land on the perfect topic. And then Cherie starts putting it out there and everyone said yes. Uh, and I was like along for the ride of like how to, how to get the deep dive into public speaking, like have someone that signs you up for a ton of events and you get that practice over and over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really great because we go to these big conferences and everybody knew Allison and I was her sidekick. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are, Allison? And what's yeah, yeah. So, you know, like Alex said, I'm, I'm an agile coach. Uh, although even that title I've kind of like struggled with in the last, you know, three years in particular, you know, I've, I've worked with some development teams. So I was a team coach. Then I started working on how to like really mentor up the internal agile coaches for a client. Uh, so slightly different stance. Uh, it, it then shifted to like focusing on leadership uh, and, you know, first kind of that enterprise coach sort of role of like, what is this transformation for your company? How do you think about it? Where do your teams need to be? And then even that's changed to be like, what's the culture that we want to have? What are the kinds of results um, that we need to see, you know, from your products? And what are all the, the things that you need to be doing and showing up as a leader to enable that to happen. Uh, so I, that's, that's kind of like my personal journey of like, okay, you like pivot yourself a number of times um, to support the people um, that you've chosen to work with. And it's been pretty exciting and um, pretty topsy-turvy at times. Yeah, and so as they say, there is no more prominent things that temporary things, right? And change is the name of the game. Yeah. Um, And it seems like agile coaching and agile coaches are supposed to be very comfortable with change, right? Mm -hmm. We embrace change, we do all that thing. So um, what skills do agile coaches bring to the table in your opinion that help them deal with this constant state of turmoil of change? Yeah, well, I, I think one, like we probably notice a bit earlier when change is about to happen, right? Like there's, there's that friction that starts to come up, perhaps just in like what we're feeling and observing uh, and, and, you know, the conversations we're uh, a part of or noticing some of the trends that are happening. We start to sense it, I think, before others might, because we're used to living in some of that uncertainty right? Like every time we're coming in and helping a group through change, we have some pretty good ideas that we think are going to be helpful. 
we could be wrong. And we live on that edge of we could always be wrong. And we're going to be okay with that because we can adapt to it. And I, I think it's that ability to stay out there on the edge and recognize like, when's the next change? When's the next change? We learn to like ride these waves over time that I, I suspect a number of us have like really felt those muscles in like a whole new way during the pandemic and a, a lot of the other things we're seeing happen across the world, um, you know, in the last nine to 10 months. Yeah. And definitely the pandemic brought a different perspective maybe, or mm -hmm. a different set of um, difficulties into yeah. our lives. But I'm curious, you mentioned this living on an edge and mm -hmm. I'm curious, what is it like for agile coach to be in kind of all this constant state of I'm on the edge? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. And I, I'm, you know, using some of that language intentionally, you know, from like CRR Global and the, the training that they provide around relationship systems coaching, because Sheree and I went through that together. And so when they talk about an edge, they're really looking at, you have your like primary, like your current identity, like, you know, the paradigm, you know how to, to win at this game. And then there's this like other side, this like emerging thing, this emerging role or, or need, uh, maybe it's new skills, maybe it becomes like a whole new identity. And you're, you're kind of like looking over this like cliff in a way, right? Of, well, what, what does that kind of look like? And like, how might I try that on? And, and you might be going back and forth for a bit until something happens and you're just over the edge. Mm -hmm. You are now on the other side. Um, and I, I think as, as coaches, a lot of times we are looking at and going, great. So I come in and I help a team that's in this kind of primary identity, whether that's you're in a waterfall setting or you've just started your journey with Agile. Uh, you know, I work with groups that are like this and I help get them to this other side. Uh, and even we had an idea of what other side meant, right? Of they're now um, self-managing and they're able to show a, a completed, uh, you know, increment, like fully developed, fully tested to a product owner and their stakeholders. We could maybe even get it into production on a very regular basis, you know, or, you know, do we take it as far as, they are now able to pivot based on market conditions. The team can talk to you in terms of like business metrics, how their product is performing at any given time. They're working on customer problems and formulating what the next, you know, bit of functionality is going to be and they're prototyping it and they're testing it. So each coach I felt like had kind of figured out their sweet spot of I work with people who are in the starting point and I'm able to coach them, teach them, mentor them, guide them, and get them to this other side. So we've been crossing an edge over and over and over, right? Like we are the bridge and we help bring them along. And in the last year, the game got changed. The bridge got moved. And that's where I am like kind of excited of as, as I've been like trying to like work with folks in, in um, organizations, like there's so much change fatigue, right? Like you, you look at what's going on in the news, there's the doom scrolling, there's having adapted to working remotely. 
you know, people that have, you know, kids at home, they're, they're trying to educate and, and keep in school. They might be taking care of, of family members or, or other loved ones uh, that are getting sick or, or struggling during this. And now you come in to work, which is dialing in on your computer to that next virtual call and saying, great, so let's change this too. You know, like, how are we going to work together differently? How am I going to need to show up together differently? What's the, what's the next thing that I, I need to be um, focused on creating uh, and putting a lot of like creative energy into that when I might be tapped out? Yeah. You know, I can see where um, now more than ever um, in my own practice that people are reaching out for coaching. Mm-hmm. because this is a this is they need help with that change mm-hmm. and and so you introduced me to professional coaching actually <laughs> and, and so I'm wondering how are you seeing that skill set come into your agile coaching to mm-hmm. work with this particular dynamic I I um, am so thankful that I you know, had, had seen a demo of professional coaching and decided to go on that journey. Cause I cannot imagine like what I would be doing right now if I hadn't like build up these skills or in a lot of ways, like I, you know, Alex was teasing me a moment ago of like, I'm the glasses wearer uh, on my bio. It's my like tongue in cheek of I've done amazing things. I, I, I love putting myself out there, but at the end of the day, I'm still a regular person and I don't have the best eyesight, so I need to wear prescriptive lenses for that. Um, having coaching skills is like having a new set of glasses. I'm able to see things a bit differently. So in the past, way back when, I'll pretend it was way back when and not just recently, um, I might observe a team that's struggling, say in a sprint planning and be wondering, Ugh, what's wrong with them? why don't they know that they're supposed to be talking to the product owner about their backlog items and figuring out what they can accomplish in the next sprint? feels like we're off topic or like we're wasting time or like, this is gross. This is a bad meeting that they're having and I don't like that. I could assign them to go read a page out of the scrum guide and be really helpful, (laughs) right? Of like, this is the book and this is, and now let me drill it into you of this is the way that we sprint plan, blah. That's not good. Um, that, that's not really helping them um, to understand like what is this thing that you're telling me about and how would it be different? How would I get started doing something different? You know, like we've, we've built up these patterns of how we relate to one another and how we talk to one another and uh, the, the things that we look at and like, what's that, what's that first step or what's that big step, right? Like, what's the, what's the way that we change um, together and hold one another accountable through that change um, since we're trying to embrace that team mentality? And I, I think that's where going through, you know, hundreds of hours of, of coaching by practicing to being the coach, by getting coached myself, by observing coaching, listening to coaching, Uh, you become attentive to what are the things being said and what's not being said? What is it that they're um, like starting to signal to one another through their body language uh, or uh, other things that are starting to become apparent 
you know, in that environment, like maybe background noise, uh, you know, like what, what was that? Did I hear someone like tapping their foot? Is there anxiety um, in the room? Is it, you know, someone's like frustrated and like waiting until we're done with this meeting, they can go escape. We, we start to like form stories of like what's happening, but the first step is back to what is it we're noticing? And the, I think the power of coaching is being able to notice things we might not have noticed before and being more confident in asking the question or reflecting it back. Uh, some way of, of now letting the, the group uh, become more aware of it and decide, is this something we should uh, do something about and, and work with? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. So you spoke about uh, change and a lot mm -hmm. of change and pandemic brings this whole set of changes. And um, so um, in agile, agile coaching is a little bit different, right? So in professional coaching, we do bring change, but mm -hmm. we do bring change from within. We help people transform in the way they want. Mm -hmm. So let's face it, in agile coaching, we actually impose change <laughs> in, in many cases, right? And in, in, in majority of cases, that's part of the job, right? That's, so, a, that's always a tricky one. And so that's actually one of the, the things that I was talking to some colleagues about this week. So I, I've been working with a client as part of a coaching team. Uh, we have some really talented technical coaches um, and a, a manager that we all work with. And so we had, we had you know, met up with a director last week. She was telling us about the product that she has two development teams working on. Uh, some of the product challenges that's, you know, high visibility, very, very important, uh, potentially very long, uh, you know, timelines around this, you know, it's a, it's a big product replacement that they're doing. And the, the technical coach that was in the meeting with us was saying, great. So for me and how I work best, what I would be asking you to do is provide me a team of five people. Five people, including a product owner and like someone that has the UX, like user experience, design skills and all. And then the, the folks that have the development skills, but five people. And with a five person team, what I can do is be embedded with them. We will understand the, the customer needs. We will do rapid prototypes and testing and validate every step of the product coming to life. And you, we will be able to put this in production and respond very quickly because we'll have real-time metrics of how is this helping your organization and how is it helping the customers. So if you want to sign up for that coaching journey, I am absolutely your person. And I went, wow, I love his clarity. I, I, like he's done it in a number of companies. He's amazing. And I love that I get to work with him. And then we all kind of knew, like for this particular situation and this particular um, like director, that is way too big of a change. You know, like they, they have two teams. They have like two teams of about 10 people each. Um, they, they have so much visibility around this uh, that it's, it's deeply uncomfortable for the organization to take what feels like a very radical move of, hi, I'm taking five out of your 20, the other 15 can go, I don't know where, and figure something out. Uh, and we're gonna be moving at a rapid pace that most people cannot even fathom right now. 
uh, and the product is going to emerge over time, right? So whatever solution you have in your head right now, especially if it's a, a replacement of a product, you're thinking it's kind of like that, but not, the, not all the ugly stuff about it. No, 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 no. This is a game changer, right? Like the, we're, we're talking about like how to create a differentiator, you know, for your business with this kind of approach. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's why as coaches, that idea of where are we good like, how do we meet people where they are? But then that crux of it of like, so I'm going to be with you on your agile journey. And I might want to like impose some change or like inflict some help. There is a point in time where I think each of us has like made the mistake of I'm pushing for things that they just cannot handle right now, or they're not willing to go along with. Uh, and that's natural, uh, you know, as a, as a response to change. But there have to be those opportunities where we say, this might not be the best relationship, right? Like either I'm just not gonna be a good fit for you as a coach uh, be because I am trying to advocate for things that are not palatable, you know, for whatever reasons right now. Um, or I, I kind of need to um, have that conversation. Like, let's reset some expectations. Like mm -hmm. I might be trying to get you into like a, a different like zone of agility than, than what is truly needed right now. And, and so that was even like the conversation that we were having kind of like offline amongst ourselves, you know, of, yeah. okay, give, given where this team is right now, these two teams and some of the pressures and, and the things that are happening, you know, here's the, the smaller step that would be you know, highly beneficial compared to where they are right now, it would actually be a, a step in the like bigger journey, I guess I would say, towards what the technical coach was advocating for. Um, but it, for them, it feels like the stopping point. Like if you can get them to what that thing is of just a little bit better than where they are right now, uh, that's what they can grasp in their heads. That's where they're willing to like sign up like energetically to invest in that and work towards that. Are you the coach that can take them there while still holding out hope of like maybe someday they'll be, they'll be ready. Um, they'll, they'll be able to like envision where we could go, you know, beyond that. And, and I think that's the, the challenge. Like <laughs> here's the carrot just go after it right right yeah like the the sad thing is like the carrot's not in like one one spot um <laughs> like i this is something that i learned uh particularly from the agile fluency model um that really shifted my thinking of like let's let's actually take a step back and understand you know what is that what is that like long journey that a team could potentially take and some of these like I'll call it like a milestone, but it really is like that zone, right? Of like, if you can get to here, good stuff is happening, right? Like you're better as a team, you're providing some benefits to the organization, customers are getting a better thing. And then if you wanna go further, you could go to this next stop. Um, and I, I love that they um, you know, use this metaphor of that you're basically looking at like a bus ride and it's the manager, it's the sponsor that is saying, I'm willing to pay the ticket. Here's the zone that I want the team to get to. And we as coaches working with them, you know, in this conversation, 
You know, you, you can't just say, hi, I would like to get to the last stop. You know, it, great. The, the ticket price is not the same <laughs> for every stop along the way. So if you want to go there uh, to like the, the end all be all, like this is super agile and I, I get every benefit we've ever talked about in presentations around agility. Now let's talk about how are you going to get there? What kind of a timeline is realistic for that? And the serious uh, like commitments and, and effort that a leader is going to have to put in to make that happen as well. Yeah. Because I, 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 I sometimes wish, you know, I, I, I talk to leaders and I'm like, I wish I could come in as a coach and be like a magic wand, right? Of what is your wish for this team and agility? Wave Allison around and, and say the right words and ta-da, it has happened. Yeah. If I could do that, I, one, I could be rich, but then two, I'd probably be so bored. I would probably like find another job. Right. Like that's, that's just like weird, you know, coach as magic wand, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, not particularly sure any magical wand got any rich at any time. They probably were used <laughs> for others purposes. I know they're like, well, now I'm just going to wish for the money. That's a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, the thing we always have to keep in mind is it's not just that the coach makes it happen, right? Like we need to be working, can I say in tandem uh, mm -hmm. with the managers and with the leaders, you know, uh, around them. Like we have to help change the context, change the environment that the team is operating in. Yeah. yeah. So you, you touched on a couple of metaphors and first of all, of course, uh, meeting where they are and mm -hmm. that's being um, kind of go-to uh, for Kanban community for a long time uh, and maybe as opposed to Scrum and there's a lot of conversation going on right now there. Mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of brought in that metaphor of a bus and mm -hmm. uh, what came up for me, I read it somewhere and I don't remember where. I usually read and then forget where I read. <laughs> um, and uh, she was describing coaching journey and she was actually saying that coaching journey is like a coach goes to the client's bus stop mm. and then invites a client for a bus ride mm -hmm. and they take a bus and they have a ride. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm wondering what agile coaches can do to make that ride more comfortable for their clients. Mm. and what they bring, what skills they bring to the table uh, yeah. to make that change more palatable, easier, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, great, great question. Because um, you, you start off mentioning the like meet people where they are. Uh, and I know there are times where it's like, but I don't want to go where they are. Where they are is painful. Like, Rrr. And I, I think it's always important for us to, to be able to say, hey, I want to acknowledge your history, right? Like whatever you've been doing up until this point, it has been successful, at least somewhere down the line. Um, that, that's why you were doing it, right? This is what made sense to you at the time. So I don't want to throw stones at what you've been doing. And, you know, it depends on the kind of coach you are. If I... I kind of love some of the like, let's take the big disruptive step, right? Like let's, let's, let's move into a, a scrum. Let's move into, you know, this, this framework, but it, there's that, that just quick touch point of, let me walk you through what this new thing is. 
uh, agile coaches being how we are, we have probably used a, a game or some kind of a simulation to give them like a, a small taste of that experience and what life could be like if we work in this new framework. And then we, we kind of ask the question of like, so you in, we going to try this? Like, let, let's do it for like, say like six weeks. And then, you know, we'll, we'll be asking, you know, along the way, how's it going? What might we want to, uh, you know, change, you know, to, to help our lives a bit, but, but let's give this a solid go, right. With this framework for some period of time, totally cool. Um, others, like you were saying with like Kanban, you could really do like you know, incremental changes over time with that team, like really starting where they are and, and like, let's visualize it. Like what, how do things happen today? How does work get done? How does that flow? And now that we've made some things visible and, and I love, especially with Kanban, like it's explicit, right? It, it's one thing for me to ask a question of people and I've like raised the awareness of like, quote unquote, made it visible and that we all heard the same thing. Uh, and we, we have that recognition around it, but truly to like put these like online tools in place right now and to be able to see like, where is the work? You know, like where are things getting stuck? Uh, how long is stuff taking? In a lot of ways, it's getting to that. I need to externalize my memory uh, and if I can put the problems out in front, it enables my brain to process it, you know, like a second time or a little bit more deeply that I'm able to uh, find a, find the next step or like find the next solution um, as a result of it. Cause I, I, I'm going to guess many of us are experiencing the, those moments of like, I don't remember what day it is, or I don't remember what I was working on or who was I talking to about this thing? And like, where was that conversation happening? Was it an email or was it in Teams or Slack? And I, I think one way that we could be helping people now is, you know, setting up that, that electronic environment, so to speak, of like, how do you have the information in places where you can find it? That when you're done for the day with work, and hopefully it's at a like reasonable hour, like disconnect, like you can now go and, and relax, spend time with your family, take up a hobby, sleep. <laughs> we all need sleep. Come back the next day and be able to find your, your place and, and like, you know, get back into the flow as, as easily as possible. Yeah. Yeah, Alison, I hear you talking about Scrum and I hear you talking about Kanban and <clears throat> it brings to mind to me all the times I've stepped into an organization as an agile coach and heard, but so-and-so said, do it this way. <laughs> and, um, and that's cool. Um, and I wonder, like, you know, there's all this stuff. There's safe, there's less, there's, you know, dab, there's scrum, there's Kanban, there's scrumbon, there's whatever you, you thought up in your backyard. Right. <laughs> And so we as agile coaches, what I've witnessed is often like we've got our we've got our hammer. Yes. Um, yes. And the client is the nail. Um, and yeah, so uh, what are some thoughts you have around that? That is um it, it, when you when you started off saying of like, as a coach, I've stepped in, I was like, oh, she's gonna say, like, we've all stepped in it, right? Like we've all made the mistake, you know, of like I come into the organization with my hammer and they don't 
why don't they appreciate my shiny hammer? Like I got it from Thor. This thing's amazing. Um, but you're, you're spot on. Like we, we tend to gravitate towards, you know, like our own tool sets, right? Wherever, wherever we got the most experience with them or which ones were we introduced first or which ones were we introduced most recently? Uh, like there's, there's probably some a particular framework or a set of practices that, that we like to introduce over and over and over again. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of benefit that we can provide um, when we're really clear, again, kind of that like value proposition back to the, you know, sponsors, back to the teams that we're working with of, I, I do this, you know, here's how I do it. I, I'm really good at helping teams get from here to here by, you know, introducing Scrum or um, by embedding with them and using extreme programming, um, or we'll, we'll be uh, using Kanban and, you know, iterating, you know, through the, the flow and, you know, improving our cycle times uh, and making smaller changes, you know, over the, the course of our engagement together. I, I love the, the clarity that comes when a coach can describe, this is kind of how I operate. You know, this is what I, I um, tend to do. Where it gets really intriguing is how many agile coaches are open to, you know what? I wanna pivot my role and I wanna pivot how I operate. You know, like, like I said in my intro, I've been working with a client uh, that is my primary client for you know, about three years. My role has changed dramatically um, in that period of time. Like I, to say I'm an agile coach can be accurate and it could be misleading, right? So I, like, I sometimes have to like find different words of like, well, I, I help leaders you know, have a more intentional culture. I, I'm helping them to instill trust throughout the organization as the world is going through levels of change that make trust really, really hard. Uh, you know, having the awareness of what we're offering to people and when do we need to pivot how we show up and what we provide. Um, I, I find kind of exciting and, and that's what I've been helping, uh, you know, some of the coaches and scrum masters that I work with to consider. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about helping leaders change. Mm. And that's kind of a fascinating part of this, right? Yeah. So we go into organizations and I hear, well, start at the top, start at the bottom. There's this big thing, it's ground roots. We've got to get them on and then we'll catch the leaders or no, the leaders have to do it. And then you push it down. And um, yeah. at the end of the day, um, everybody has to change. Mm. And there's a lot of big change going on. Yes. And yes. what I've often found is the ability of the leaders to change is where the ceiling is. Yes, I, I, I would buy that. Uh, it, be, because while you could have people, I, I guess I'll say like lower in the organization, I think we all kind of know what that means, right? The typical org charts. Um, you could have people lower in the organization, uh, you know, secretly do, do larger changes um, for as long as they can get away with that. Um, or, uh, you know, experiment with things, be bold, be courageous, uh, 
and, and be able to do that for some period of time. Uh, but you're right. At some point, like that ceiling really starts to kick in. Like maybe it's okay that that one team, you know, does that, that weird stuff the way that they do that, that doesn't fall in our like normal policies or it doesn't match our typical training. But if that starts to go to a second team and a third team and a fourth team, fifth team, like sixth team, right? That there comes that point where the, the leadership could react by saying, no, 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 that, that's, not, that's not allowed here. That's not how things happen here. Uh, and it, it could, you know, kind of hold in like a stasis, you know, what the organization is able to be capable of, right? Of we, we can go no further than this because that's, uh, that's just kind of where we are. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me wonder, is it okay that there's a ceiling and we're not, we didn't get complete agile transformation. Like there's a ceiling and that's just going to have to be okay. I mean, is that a thing? Uh, so this is, this is where I, I like really tap into some of the things we learned um, in like professional coaching that, that idea that like people are creative uh, they're, they're naturally resourceful. Um, they're whole. So like they're, you know, they're, they're operating, they're functioning as human beings. They're, they're informed adults, uh, you know, especially in groups like that group has intelligence about it. Uh, if, if I say like leader, what you need to be doing is X, Y, Z, when all you've ever known is one, two, three, and they like in that initial conversation go, no, no, I'm definitely not. No, I could say, great. Well, thanks for the time. I'm going to leave now. Bye. And that would be fine. Right. Um, for, for me personally, I, I think part of like my way of like working with people is I want to be able to see like, where's the, the future you imagine for yourself. And I want as a result of our working together, for you to not only like start making like real serious progress towards that, but I want to help you imagine further and bolder and help you be more courageous and confident along the way. Um, and, and so if, if we are the kinds of coaches that can help people expand some of like their, their like dreams or like their goals, um, because we're able to show them it's okay to make change and that you're starting to like feel some success from it. I think that would be incredible. So I think what you're suggesting uh, kind of throughout this conversation is that agility is not about the tools. It's (laughs) not about the frameworks. Kind of, yeah, I recognize we knew that all the way, right? And it's not mm-hmm. about religion of Kanban or religion of Scrum or whatever. Whatever. I, I, I know Cherie kind of rattled out a lot of those and I'm like, boom. <laughs> like boom, so boom, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. It's not about those denominations. It's about something else. Mm. So what is the, what is the heart of a charity? What is at the core of it for you? Oh, um. Excellent question. Yeah, this is because um, it, it's like you're asking and sort of like, what's the golden rule of agility, right? Like, like, because if I think about religions, there, there tends to be that like golden rule that seems to, to show up, you know, across the spectrum. 
you know, of like do unto under others as you would have them do unto you. Sort of that, that like treat others as you want to be treated kind of aspect. Um, and I, I think, you know, from, a, from an agile perspective, there, it, it's, it's hard to say because um, it, it's like so, um, so trapped in like whatever your particular words, like whatever your particular values are. Like for me, it's about like creating agility is, is about like building trust. Uh, and that comes by like clarifying expectations and having conversations around accountability and, you know, setting, setting how we're going to work together. Um, you know, having, uh, having the times where we recognize like, what are your strengths and what are my strengths and how do we collaborate most effectively? Or when do I like delegate, you know, and, and like let you take it and run with it. Uh, and I, I think, you know, focusing on that trust between individuals, uh, you know, developer to developer, developer to product owner, product owner to, to stakeholders, to customers, They're, like it, it shows up in all these different um, frames. Doing the work of building the trust will help us to, you know, stay together and be able to move together uh, in delivering things for our, our customers. Mm -hmm. I want to dig a little bit level deeper. Mm. So it's trust, it's communication, it's kind of that uh, high bandwidth communication. So when you are successful as, a gel, as an agile coach in that, mm. what emerges for you and for your clients then? Oh, gosh. Um... I, I, you know, cause I'm, I'm like thinking to, you know, some of the clients I've worked with and the things that they say. So like one of my favorites, uh, Jason, he basically says like, you know, I, I feel smarter after I've talked with you, right? Like you've, you've enlightened me, uh, you've challenged me, uh, you've, you've helped me to look at things uh, with like a, a newfound clarity, I guess you could say um, that, that I take a, a lot of pride in. Um, and, and it's tricky because like, I, I think to Brené Brown uh, when she had written, I think it was Braving the Wilderness and talking about like belonging. And there's that, that um, sense of like to belong in a group, you're always like one foot in and one foot out. You know, like there are things that, that um, I share in common with the other people in this particular group, whatever it is. And there's the other things that make me different, that set me apart. And I, I am like always feeling that like one foot in, one foot out, you know, like any group that I'm working with of, there are some things that we share in common and I want us to be able to like lean into that and trust that and like find the, the like confidence of like, what are we able to do together? Because we all um, prize this or value this thing. And then at the same time, I have got to, absolutely got to bring the things that make me different and distinct and the, the values that I hold um, that, that might be complementary or even challenging. Uh, and it's that, that difference between us and our ability to hear the differences between us uh, that will enable us to do things we might not have anticipated. Right. 
So, and uh, it's interesting you mentioned kind of enlightenment and all that, right? And then we keep saying that if the only thing as coaches, professional or agile, we do is mm -hmm. bringing more awareness to the client and give it back to them and mm -hmm. ask them, what do you want to do with that? <laughs> well, so, and it's, uh, this, is, this is really interesting because, you know, like the, this is something I've uh, been thinking more and more about. Like when, yeah, when you ask me about agile coaching and, and coaching in general, it's all this like soft stuff, right? Of like, we're going to have more trust. We're going to have greater awareness. Like, ooh, soft, squishy, feels really good. And I help individuals that are like getting smarter and, and like thinking, you know, a bit differently. But the end result of that, and this is where I sometimes go really light on the, the stories. And I think many of us do it's the business results that have been enabled as a, you know, as a consequence of that, you know, like the, the teams that have gone from, you know, deploying software every nine months to one month, you know, pretty consistently because of the things that we were able to do together. That's a serious, you know, positive impact for an organization. Like we are now able to deliver value, you know, more frequently to our customers. We're able to pivot our direction you know, more with more ease as a result of that, you know, like where are we able to all come together and recognize like, oh, actually this particular product is not, uh, is not feasible. You know, it's, it's not delivering the things that we thought it would um, to serve the customers. They're not responding to it the way that we anticipate. Shut it down. Let's cancel this. Let's move on to something else. You know, there's serious cost savings that an organization gains when people are able to come together, reflect on that reality and make the decision to, you know, put their efforts, put their financial investments towards something else instead. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's for us to always keep in mind, like yeah. bragging on what we do, we help people do awesome things. We need to also talk about the awesome things that they've been able to, yeah. to um, provide their customers. Yeah. So obviously a lot of your clients were learning a lot of you, were enlightened by you, were <laughs> new awareness. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do our listeners can get more of that Allison's wisdom? Great question. I have a blog at allisonpollard.com. Uh, so you can look through the articles I've put out there in the past. I also keep a list of my upcoming speaking events there. Uh, so it's, it's beginning of year. I have a, a couple lined up and I'm sure I'll have more as the year goes on. All right. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being with us. It's been wonderful. Um, it, it's been too long since we got together. <laughs> so, um, I, I get so much energy from being around you and I'm sure that the people listening to can pick up on that energy. And so we just want to say thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. I, I know I did a lot of the talking, but it was your presence, you and, and Alex both, that uh, brought it out. All right. Well, thank you, Allison. Uh, this was Tandem Coaching Academy Keeping Agile Non-Denominational Podcast. We had Allison Pollard, and we are your hosts. I, Alex Kudinov, and Sherry Silas. Goodbye. <laughs>